1: Retirement is complex. Making the right decisions, even making a plan on your own, can be difficult. On today's show, the three main factors that can have the biggest impact on your financial independence. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. As always, glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Janet Walker alongside, as we try to simplify today, breaking it down to three fundamentals of financial independence. As I mentioned just a moment ago in the open, retirement is very complex, and it gets more complex by the day, just as a case in point. Secure Act 2.0 coming in, changing retirement rules again. It is a constant constantly changing landscape out there and obviously we believe very much to navigate that you need the help of a financial advisor and we do that every day all day here at Wealth. but we are on this show very much about educating and trying to simplify those complex issues and you really can i think guys bring it down to these three fundamentals these are three i would almost say considerations that you need to really think about when building your plan and when considering if it is if financial independence has been attained or will be attained soon
2: Financial independence is something that, if it were easy, everyone would do it, Mm. and and it's not easy. It's hard. It takes your dedication to stacking money away in the right way and creating a plan. But I think when you get to uh, the point of thinking about retirement. Then uh, the what is a relatively simple thing becomes way more complex, Janet.
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and and there are a lot of risks on the table for people as they prepare for retirement, and those those vary from one generation to the next, depending on what you know the the times are giving us, if you will. But these are some things that we're going to talk about today. That really, regardless of what your timeline is to retirement, it's important for you to have in mind all three of these areas. Is. All right. So before we get to that, we
1: do want to uh, give you a heads up on a very uh, good opportunity to get an outlook on the markets and the economy for 2023. You know, we're just off and running in January, and so far it's been a good year for the stock market. <laughs> if we could just say this is the whole year like this would be great, <laughs> right? I mean, as we are, are, are recording our show today, uh, the markets up nearly. Uh, the S and P 500 is up just shy of three percent year to date. So January starting off a little bit better than 2022 ended but where are we headed when it comes to the markets the economy bonds stocks all of those things we have a chance to we had a chance to talk with lpl chief economist jeffrey roach and you've heard him on the get ready for the future show he's on with us around once a month or so to discuss the economy and we sat down john and i to uh, kind of do more of an at length uh, discussion with him about the economic outlook based off of lpl financials outlook 2023 we talked about recession probability the housing market and more your chance to check it out is pretty easy. All you have to do is go to our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash Academy. That's GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash Academy. Breaking news from
2: the booth in here. It's actually forward slash uh, outlook. 2023.
1: Though. Oh, was that on there wrong? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. Ed, I Just I don't know. They just told Very me good. that. Okay. So Outlook 2023. <laughs> Boy, you are on the fly there. That, well, <laughs> we, try we try hard. Technology helps. Really good hard. interview though. I think it'll. Uh, I think the thing I got away got, took away from uh, talking to Jeffrey in that interview was perspective. You know, it's always good to have perspective. There's so much noise going on, and when you hear the word recession, you're, you might bristle. When you hear inflation, when you hear interest rates, you know, all those things may make you. Uh, really withdraw and, and become fearful. But it's all about the perspective. And I think you'll get some of that if you'll just spend a little bit of time with us. It only was about, I think, maybe a 20 to 25 minute interview. If I recall, it wasn't going to take very much of your time. So go to get ready dot com forward slash outlook 2023 and check that out. All right. So the three fundamentals of financial independence, our first one up is retirement age. Now that is about as simplified as it can get because that's just a number, right? Well, let's let's kind of dive in there because really this what this is getting at is longevity. When you talk about financial independence, At its core, you're talking about replacing your paycheck, replacing your income and never going back and getting it from an employer again. Right. So your assets and your guaranteed income streams are going to have to sustain you. And the question is, how long is it going to have to sustain you? The back end of that is very unknown. Obviously, according to macro trends, the average life expectancy in the U.S. is around 79 But of course, that's from birth. So if you're closing in on retirement right now, your odds of outliving that 79 are pretty good. Now, that sounds like an exact number, but of course, that's an average. So we don't know how long anyone is going to live. And then you duplicate that if you have a household, if you have two spouses that we're preparing a retirement income plan for, you don't know how long both of them are going to live. There's a very good chance. We've seen the data, too, that if two people are healthy at 65 years old, there's a better than 50-50 chance one of them will live past age 90.
2: Yeah. And the challenge that you've got is not running out of money before you run out of time those are things that that you know oftentimes people just kind of look at that and go what do i do with that how do i how do i figure this out because nobody knows when they're going to pass away how do you uh, begin to even address that? Am I going to leave money on the table or am I going to run out and run short? Uh, those are things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis.
3: And there are several ways to address this. Uh, one of them is a social security strategy, and we're not going to delve into that quite yet because that's another another topic for today. But that is definitely a factor in your longevity challenge. If you think you're, you're going to have a longer-than-average lifespan ban, then it's it's a critical decision for you to really pay attention to that. And another thing you guys have already alluded to is... You know, at some point we go from two spouses to one and and it is very rare for both spouses to go together or even close in time. So there's an elongated period of time where you might be living solo. And what does that mean for you when you're talking about a longer uh, lifespan? Guys, when when my children were born, both of them. When they were born and the doctor handed them to me for the very first time in the hospital, he looked at me with with each of them and said, this child, barring any anomaly, will live to 100 and when I think about my my grandparents lived to 88, they made it past the average. I think it's it's very important for us to understand that the averages don't really matter. Mm-hmm. You've gotta pay attention to your personal health and your family history, those things matter, yeah. but we have more medical advantages than mm-hmm. what we had in the past, and so the question is, are you financially prepared to be here longer than you might have thought you were going to be here?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because I think about the data I've heard before that says
3: basically the
1: genetic part of that, that if you take a look at your parents and how long they lived, you're likely to live about 10 years longer yeah. than they did. Uh, and that has played out at least on one side of my family, my yep. mother, who is still living. She's 74 years old. I hope she's okay with me sharing that.
3: Uh, her, <laughs> she is now.
1: Yeah, her grandmother uh, Uh, Passed away at 80. Uh, and then her mother passed away at eighty nine, so very yeah. close. And obviously, that's not a, a static across it's the board science, thing. Yeah. There's accidents, and there's all kinds of things that happen to people. But the back end, I think, the point we're trying to make with the retirement age being the point here, is because the back end is so unknown, we don't know your date mm-hmm. of death. The front end, which is under your control, is very much a, a known and can be a big and can make a big difference. What day you choose to retire? Well, and and clearly
2: the longer you work i think that that obviously you conserve retirement assets because you have income coming in mm-hmm. from your job but what you also do there is you compress that time frame whether you know whatever date uh, you're looking at as a as a longevity date for you you can compress that time frame and and study after study have shown that if you work longer there is a benefit to you physically and mentally mm-hmm. and staying engaged and and I think that people who just go home uh, they begin to have a lot of cognitive issues because their brain is not as active as it has been. And that kind of, uh, I think, and there's probably not any medical science behind this, but to me, it just seems like that opens the door for things like Alzheimer's and, and dementia and things yeah, of that nature. And,
3: and there there actually is some research to that end. Um, one of the, the words we haven't used yet today, guys, that is a general thing for sure is work tirement. Mm-hmm. We, we've mm-hmm. talked about maybe just working longer, but there are a significant number of people this day and time who are just choosing to work somewhere part-time. And John, that addresses what you're talking about on the cognitive side, that they remain cognitively very active in doing that. But it also gives them that social contact. We have quite a few clients who have said to us, I don't work for the money. I mean, the money does wind up paying for a vacation without us having to pull it from our retirement assets otherwise. But I work for that social contact, and it's very healthy for them to do that. And it really does help address this longevity challenge.
2: Guys, our our crack marketing team and our their research division, if you will, yeah, Abby uh, has found this. uh, (laughs) Gotcha. The entire division. That's right. (laughs) A, A study from Stanford Longevity Center found that just three months of additional work generates the same increase in retirement income as saving an additional one percentage point of earnings for 30 years. Mm, That's That's huge. huge. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, we talk to people about not just retiring from something, but retiring to something. Mm -hmm. And I think if your motivation is, I'm going to retire because I don't like my job, it might not be that you need hmm. to retire. Maybe you just need another job, hmm. and maybe that other job is something that you could do on a part-time basis and draw some of your retirement income on a part-time basis, if you will, and, and not turn on all of your retirement income and continue to work. And the, the effect of that on uh, the longevity of your retirement plan has gotta be way
1: more than just working another six months. Or if your retirement plan is to retire at age 65, just because that's the arbitrary date that you're going to receive Medicare, which is the most common, popular choice. uh, How do you know how that impacts you compared to, let's say, 67 or even 62? And I think this highlights that study is really amazing, John, because that's actually the part of the retirement income planning that we do. When we walk clients through the ready to retire process we're oftentimes going to give them multiple viewpoints at that, right? I mean, there are times certainly that people come in and say, hey, I'm retiring in three months. It's a done deal. I'm walking out the door. That's, that's a very definitive plan. But in many cases, we show people two or three options and we highlight the effects of that study, that if mm-hmm. you continue to work another two years and continue to contribute and continue to get growth on your assets, here's the difference it's going to make in your monthly income.
2: Yeah. And I think that you have got to look at this in the context of your overall plan. And that's really kind yep. of our, our next yep. point is that uh, another big factor in uh, financial independence is social security and when you take it and how you think about social security. Mm-hmm. And it is just an urban myth these days that social security should be taken as soon as you can get it. and And that's just not right. That is not right for everybody. For some people, it might be right in your circumstances. It could be just fine. If you are single and you've got other assets that you can pull from and it doesn't matter what happens as far as Social Security is concerned after you're gone, then maybe taking it at 62 makes sense. If you have some health challenges, I think maybe taking it at 62 might make some sense.
3: I mean, there are very few things financially that we would say it's good advice for everybody right you know it's it is just so important for you to look at the details of your situation with somebody who understands that and from there make a social security claiming strategy for your household that's another key that you know you get that individual statement for you and your spouse if you're married gets an individual statement Uh, and if you're divorced there's an individual statement coming to your ex-spouse those are all important things to factor in. And many people just look at their piece of paper, their numbers. It's been a while since I had a little rant. Can I have just a minute to rant? Yeah, on something? I'm going to time you. You said just a just, minute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just a minute. Get this. Go ahead. I'll prepare
1: the clothes for the show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> look, if, if
2: someone in the financial industry says always or never, hmm. it's probably not Right. Uh, they're yeah. probably telling you some rule of dumb that doesn't really make sense. Rules of dumb are dumb. You don't have to think about it in absolute context. And so always take Social Security as soon as you get it is a dumb idea because it may not fit
1: in the context of of your situation. So let's give a little social security refresher for people. Uh, For 2022, the average monthly benefit was $1,666.49, according to CNBC. So if you put that in perspective, the average mortgage payment was $1,230 a month for a 30-year fixed rate loan, which is 36% higher than just a year ago. So you see how much uh, how far Social Security is going to go? Not far, right? But it is still a very important part of the puzzle because it does cover at least that first basic part of someone's average required income need. How will the age you take benefits affect your eventual monthly payment? This is always good, too, because I think about this. We say it so much and we talk about it so much and we plan for it so much. We just assume people know it. But even our clients come back in. We had a discussion in a a review just the other day that they had forgotten about. Oh, I could have. She's 64 years old. Oh, yeah, that's right. I could have taken it at 62. She hasn't claimed yet. We're Mm -hmm, kind of talking about Mm -hmm. the forward because it's easy to forget. But you can file for Social Security as early as 62, as John has alluded to. With full retirement age at 66, you would have received 75% of your benefit if you do. If your full retirement age is 67, which is everybody past the birth year of 1960, you will only receive 70% of your benefit if you claim it at age 62. Now, If you wait until 70, that's the other thing, too. We do have people that come in and talk about, oh, well, I'm going to hold out until my full retirement age because full retirement age certainly sounds like that's the biggest benefit I can get. But actually, the way the government does it, your full retirement age is just your full retirement age. Then it's going to continue to grow. Your benefit is if you delay all the way up until age 70. So the check gets bigger if you don't take it at full retirement age. How much bigger? If your full retirement age is 66, you would have been able to receive 132% of your full retirement benefit at age 70. If your full retirement age is 67, you would get 124% of your benefit if you waited until age 70. So on average, benefits increase by about 8% for every year you wait with those increases, again, stopping at age 70. So there's a lot to deciding when you're going to take Social Security.
2: And to add to that, Scott, you've got a situation where if the survivor benefit to your spouse is going to be an important part of their overall income Mm -hmm. plan when you pass away, then there is an incredible benefit of kicking Social Security down the road as far as you can maybe up to age 70. That doesn't mean you have to retire at 70. It just means that your plan has to be configured in such a way that you've got income to bridge you to that 70 Social Security age.
3: And, and it doesn't mean that you have to delay for both spouses. Uh, many times we will just delay for the primary earner, but again, it is very unique based on everybody's individual circumstances. Guys, I wanna go back up to kind of the, the top of this Social Security conversation. When Scott was talking about the average monthly benefit and the average mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. Um, The average benefit at $1,600 and the average mortgage payment at $1,200. I want you to think about that mortgage payment differently. If you are in your, let's just say 45 and up. If you're 45 and up, you need to make it a personal goal and I believe for most people this is achievable if they just focus on it. You need to make it a personal goal to have that mortgage paid off by the time that you retire. Um, this is something that I have I have done. I went in and did the calculation and your financial advisor can do this for you. I went in and did the calculation to go, okay, by the time I'm 59 and a half, what do I need to do? What what extra amount do I need to pay on this so that the mortgage is gone? Then that Social Security check of, in this case, 1600 as an average goes a whole lot farther for the rest of your spending needs if you don't have a mortgage in place anymore. Many people think that you just have to have it. But in some cases, if you just add a little bit more every month or every pay period, it will knock that down.
2: And also think about this. You may be living in a house that was designed for you, your spouse mm-hmm. and your kids. Mm-hmm. And if you pay that mortgage off, you might have enough equity in that house to go downsize and pay for a house and still and have a new house and not have a mortgage or maybe
3: have
1: something that's very small.
3: And have money left over out of that that you can use to supplement your retirement needs.
1: There you go. And so while we're on that subject, the other thing you want to try to avoid, because a lot of people do want to go into retirement mortgage free, but they haven't built that plan in their 40s, as Janet talked about, to have it wiped out by the time they get there. So what do they want to do? They want to take some money out of their assets, out Mm -hmm, of their qualified mm -hmm. assets in many cases where most people's wealth exists and pay off that mortgage.
3: If that's $100,000, that's a tax problem. Can I, can I just say this is the same person talking to you who just a few moments ago said get your mortgage paid off before you retire don't do it this way. Like, if you didn't yeah. start soon enough to do it systematically, don't do it as a lump sum. There are lots of gotchas in this. John, you want to talk about taxes and maybe yeah. some other gotchas here? Obviously, if you try
2: to do it before 59 and a half, there is the early withdrawal penalty on qualified money. But even after that, there is something called stacking in your uh, tax brackets that happen. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, that you make Um, I don't know, let's say that you make $80,000 a year and you want to pay off a $100,000 mortgage. Now, for that year, you're now in a much higher tax bracket Mm -hmm. because you have that big lump sum of $100,000 of additional income that sits right on top or stacks on top of your mortgage, I'm sorry, of your income income. That is taxed according to the IRS and the state of Arkansas or whatever state you may be living in. So you can really throw the baby out with the bathwater in trying to do something that you think is a good idea, but you don't want to do it with qualified money.
1: We're talking on the Get Ready for the Future show today about three main factors that have the biggest impact on your financial independence. Our first factor was your retirement age. We can't control how long we're going to live, but we can control when we become financially independent in terms of when do we begin drawing the income from our assets. And then coupling that is Social Security. That's the second big factor because of how big of an impact choosing when you take Social Security can make because it does take pressure off of your assets. The more you can get from Social Security and your guaranteed income sources, the less you're going to have to take from your assets. Makes sense mathematically. Our third and final one on the show is spending levels, because that all kind of goes hand in hand, right? You're setting it up. The stage is being set with when you begin your uh, incomes, your retirement age and how you take Social Security, but then your spending levels matter. Now, what does that mean? Well, we provide for our clients through the Ready to Retire process a very specific, dynamic monthly income plan. In other words, our clients know when they stack Social Security, if there's a pension, and then their assets providing them a certain monthly income Every month along the way for the next 30 years, let's say, depending on when they retire. We take them out usually to age 90. There are extenuating circumstances that may go one way or the other off of that uh, pivot, but 90 is kind of the standard. And you're going to get raises along the way too in a ready to retire. Uh, process and our plan that we produce here at Gen Wealth, And that's the one thing I think that escapes people the most. Yeah, I'm going to get yeah. by on X amount per month, but they don't think about needing to raise that over time. So your spending levels matter.
3: Yeah. I mean, if you I'm sorry, if you think about, you know, if you took a job at 20 and your employer said, by the way, this is what you're going to make from now until you retire, there's no way that you would accept that because you have to have raises through the years. The same is true in retirement. You have to be able to uh, pay for those eggs that are a little bit more expensive than they used to be. No kidding. Well, (laughs) and and I
2: think making sure that your priorities are right, you've got to take care of basic spending needs first. I know that over the years, Janet, you and I have dealt with people who were almost like kids who had not had recess for an entire week. Yes. And then all of a sudden there's a sunny day and the teacher lets them out and they just go nuts.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and, it's the and kid it's, in the candy store that's yeah. like, I want some of that and some of that and some of that and some of that. And but and you that, have to pay for all of it. And,
2: and that's when, uh, that happens when, you know, they, they retire or when 59 and a half comes along. They've been watching that 401k grow all this time mm-hmm. and it's almost like they've been sitting there licking their lips going,
3: man, when I can
2: get my hands on that money, what I'm going to do. And that's just the wrong way to approach it.
3: And they also have another factor. Not only do they have the ability to access the dollars, but their calendar is freed up from obligations. And so what do you do when you're bored you, you travel and you buy stuff. Um, we've we've had um, not a lot, but we've had a few um, Amazon therapy sessions in some meeting rooms, you know, because when, when a spouse gets bored, what do they do? And for some, there is a significant amount of spending. So I think it's important to even just be self-aware before you enter retirement and go, all right, what does this look like? Because yeah, maybe we take an extra vacation a year, but it doesn't mean we take six extra vacations a year. Here's the problem. If you think about
2: when you spend the most money, what mm-hmm. day of the week you spend the most Saturday. money. Saturday. Well, when you retire, every day is Saturday. That's right. It's That's right. like, I don't have anything to do. Let's go shopping. Let's go mm-hmm. to out to eat. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And all of a sudden... Little by little, you start winnowing away the the money that you stacked mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. and maybe you haven't accounted for the basic living expenses that you need to have in retirement, and you put yourself in a situation that you are in danger,
1: at least, of running out of money before you run out of time. Well, the opposite mindset is true oftentimes, too. There is the kid in the candy store mentality. I'm going to crack open the piggy bank and we're going to go have fun. And you can really be in danger of overspending if you don't have a definitive monthly income plan. But the opposite is true, I think, Mm -hmm. as well. Many people approach that 401k or that IRA or whatever your wherever your investment assets are as a just in case scenario. I'm going to get back. Buy on just Social Security, two Social Security checks, maybe even a pension. And I'm just going to put this over on the side, and it's only a just-in-case scenario, emergencies only. The benefit in that case, John, of providing a client a monthly, a definitive monthly retirement income plan is it's a license to spend. It is. And and
2: I have a client that, bless his heart, he he lived into his 90s, he just passed away. And he had amassed a a good amount of money that was after-tax money that he had sitting on the sideline. And I would have a conversation with him every once in a while and say... You know, you probably ought to be spending a little bit of this, of this money, and he would always go, "Yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of keeping it there just in case." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there was no just in case. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing ever happened that caused him uh, to to uh, need that money to spend. So, you know, you you can kind of think about it in one context that he literally. Did that without any real reason to do it, and and really kind of wasted that in terms of opportunities that he could have taken advantage
0: of. I,
3: I think many times that's a product of a generation and how they were raised. Yes. My, my dad was very much like that, and he was uh, he was not around for the Great Depression, but he was greatly influenced by his grandparents who had very strong memories of the Great Depression, and so that really did influence him. And I remember. For years, him telling me, "Now, honey, listen. I'm probably gonna go before your mama does, and and you're gonna need to watch her in that checkbook because she's gonna spend every dime." And, <laughs> and and what that meant is, Daddy didn't ever spend a dime or a penny. You know, it, it, he wasn't spending anything for anybody. He'd have a half a can of green beans and call it good for supper. Um, but Mama has since Dad has gone. Mom has wisely found balance Hmm. she has been able to enjoy what she has without depleting those assets and so there there is the ability to do that and find that balance so that is the uh, final bell and it is there is the final bell.
1: magic how that happens i don't know how i knew that was going to happen but i did premonition it's time for our final thoughts janet we'll start with you
3: uh, just a reminder, the three fundamentals of financial independence, your retirement age, your Social Security claiming age, and strategy. Janet, I'll, I'll embellish a little bit on that. Our trademarked
2: ready-to-retire process here at Gen Wealth really revolves around seven key areas. One is creating a written plan, maximizing Social Security, Considering a hybrid retirement, we'll talk with you about that, protecting against inflation, securing guaranteed lifetime income, planning for long-term care, and defending against taxes. That's the process that we go through with every retiree that we deal with here at GenWealth. And your opportunity to get involved in that is at GetReadyForTheFuture.com.
1: We gave you just three main factors that have the biggest impact on financial independence and retirement. But the big factor you need is the plan. You need to create that plan. And the first step, we can obviously meet with you and begin creating that plan. If you'd like to just kind of get a bird's eye view of where you are, is financial independence within reach? You can take the first step just by going to 15 com. That's the number one, the number five, and then MinuteRetirement.com or text the word checkup to 501-381-5228. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866 653 7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.